0: So we have heard over the past week about a manifesto that was written by a young man, 18 years old, his name's Peyton Genrod, and he laid out some very specific plans a little over a week ago to attack black people, repeatedly citing the Great Replacement Theory. Now if you're not familiar with that, it's the idea that there's some type of cabal that's organizing to replace white Americans with non-white people through immigration, interracial marriage, and ultimately overthrow and violence. And so this young man wrote a manifesto, and he posted it online. It was ignored until it was too late, until he walked into a top supermarket in Buffalo and took the lives of 10 individuals. Now, manifesto is not a new thing. It's a public declaration of either policies or aims that's trying to be achieved. And I think we all know some famous manifestos that some of the ones that we know of are taken for granted most of the times, but they are public declarations. Some of them are found in the Bible, such as the Ten Commandments. Some of them are in the history of our own country, like the Declaration of Independence. There are some who have organized their world differently than we here in the United States, and I think all of us have heard of the Communist Manifesto. But I think manifestos can also come out of public declarations by individuals, and I think Martin Luther King's speech, I Have a Dream, is a sort of manifesto of dreaming of a better world where there's less violence and there is the equality of human rights. I think John F. Kennedy's uh, speech on putting a man on the moon was a sort of manifesto to uh, take us into a new era of space travel. Well, I mentioned at the beginning of the service that today is Harvey Milk Day, and it is being Um, endorsed by the Human Rights Campaign. If you're not familiar with the Human Rights Campaign, you'll recognize it by a blue and yellow sticker on cars, an equality sticker, that um, is basically compelling our world uh, to allow individuals to freely live their lives openly and assuring those individuals equal rights. Now, For these manifestos to have maximum impact, it takes more than one individual. It takes a movement. So think about the Civil Rights Movement, Dr. Martin Luther King. Uh, He did not start that by himself. It took thousands and thousands of people to keep advancing the cause. John F. Kennedy didn't get a man on the moon all by himself. It took a whole team of people from NASA to make that available as well. And for those in our society that need protection and help, it takes a sleuth of mama bears that give strength and support in the the midst of some challenges. So I said two weeks ago that what inspired me for this particular short series was my wife going to a retreat down in Columbus to meet with a group of ladies who call themselves mama bears. And I thought, is there some place in the scripture that kind of... Uh, helps us to understand this idea of God as well. And so as I was doing some research over the past couple of weeks, I understood the way I could see some of these references breaking down into different categories, from protection to correction to education to liberation and finally celebration. And so this metaphor of a mama bear is something that kind of kickstarted this idea. But as I was looking at it, I began to think about how each of these scripture verses that we've already looked at in the prior weeks have lent itself to these categories, protection. And I think that's what comes to mind immediately when we think about a mama bear. You go after their cubs, you're poking the mama bear, she's going to intervene. But then we talked a little bit last week about correction and education. And I think that's the mama bear mission. In other words, it doesn't matter whether it's a mama bear or a papa bear. It's the idea of helping individuals follow the path of wisdom rather than foolishness. It's the path of making mid-course corrections like we all need to do in the course of our life as well. And so we said that protection and correction uh, are a part of a mama bear's calling to help those in need. But education is this contrast between wisdom and foolishness, and this is a lifelong learning that we go through. Things that we thought were wise at one time in our life, we look back on and we go, that really wasn't as smart as what I thought it was. And I think uh, as the longer we live, we see ourselves growing and emerging out of different segments of our life, different eras of our life. And we carry with that deeper insight into how to approach the next segment of our life. So today, I want to talk about the Mama Bear Manifesto. Now, this is something that is found uh, primarily within the book of Isaiah. And I'll give you two references here in a moment. But if I could summarize the Mama Bear Manifesto, it is this public declaration of setting people free so that they can live in peace. Or the Old Testament uh, term for it is shalom, if you've ever heard of that. Okay, setting people free to be able to live in peace. Now, liberation is the first idea behind this. Now, I think all of us, as we know a little bit of the history of our country, we know that one of the famous liberating phrases that emerged in the roots of our country was, give me what? liberty or give me death. I think we're all familiar with that. Give me liberty or give me death. One of the things that Isaiah is doing in his manifesto for the people of Israel is a longing of freedom for his people from oppression and hate. And the poetry and the imagery that is found in the book of Isaiah is so strong that the New Testament writers pick up on it. And the book of Isaiah is the most quoted book of the Old Testament that's found in the New Testament. It's not even close. Isaiah just outruns all the other quotations from the Old Testament. This one is from Isaiah 59, 11. We growl like bears, like doves we moan mournfully. We wait for justice, but there is none for salvation, but it is far from us. That's the great frustration, not only for Isaiah, but for all of us. And that is, we know what we're longing for, we know what we're hoping for, we know what we're praying for, but it seems like it's taking forever. So some advances are being made, but not as quickly as what we hope. And that is true for Isaiah. He has been waiting for God to intervene to release the people out of oppression from Assyria and Babylon, two great empires of the Old Testament. So the prophecies of Isaiah are awaiting a liberation from exile and sort of giving a new exodus to the people out from oppression into a new land. And when the people come into a new land there is celebration and that's the final component that I want to talk about this morning. The idea of finally being free. Finally being able to live in peace is a cause of great celebration. Now, what's fascinating in the book of Isaiah is the way Isaiah pictures this. Now, remember I said previous weeks, there's more than one author in Isaiah. So whether it was the actual individual Isaiah or a later editor, we don't know. But what we do know is this imagery that is found in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 7, is the idea of celebrating that day. And notice the uh, imagery that is used. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. In other words, there's a change that is coming in the programming of God in this world. This is not talking about literal bears and lions and cows. This is imagery for humanity, that we would be able to lie down together, that we would not eat each other up, that we would not continue the cycle of violence over and over and over again. So shalom is this great picture, this great manifesto in the Old Testament, and it's the idea of an act of celebration of life and love. We have yet to see it in our world. It seems as though we make progress, but it's three steps forward, two steps back. And what we find is that occasionally, occasionally, there are individuals, for whatever reason in the providence of God, steps forward and says, help me make a difference. God, help me make a difference. I want to introduce you to a video I want to show you for the rest of our instruction time, our sermon time, our talk time, whatever you want to call it. And this video is several years old. Now, I will not put it into the YouTube post, but I will put a link to it down in the notes. So those of you who are uh, watching online, if you want to double-click on that, you'll see this video here. This talk was given down at Grace Point Church in Nashville. And since it was Mama Bear that kind of prompted this short series... I thought it was only appropriate that we hear from one of the leading uh, individuals uh, in the Mama Bear movement. Now, this is a gathering at a church that went through a process of being uh, non-affirming, non-accepting of the LGBTQ community to a point where they changed their conviction, they changed their outlook, and made it an open-arms community to all people. Well, Sarah... um, Cunningham is an individual that um, tells her story how she stepped into this role. And I, she's quite funny, really. Uh, but I want you to listen to her story because they invited her to this church, Grace Point Church. And the pastor at the time that they did the transition, his ma- name is Stan Mitchell. Decided he was going to step down from the pastorate and devote himself full time to being an advocate for the LGBTQ community. So there's Mama Bear and there's Papa Bears. And then the new pastor, uh, Josh Scott, is continuing the legacy of helping people move forward in their understanding. So having said all of that as a background, let's watch. And I think you'll find her story compelling. This whole thing has been uh, a metaphor of meaning. And what I mean by that is we've taken one group and have kind of used it as an illustration. But whether it's racism, economic inequality, injustice, all of that type of thing. Mama bear metaphor is a good picture of individuals are willing to stand in the gap. Does that make sense? That's what this has been about. And so we use the metaphor that applies to God, and we talk about the mission of the mama bear, and the manifest uh, manifesto of the mama bear, I think, can be summarized in this verse. For freedom Christ has set us free, stand firm, therefore, and do not be uh, subject again to a yoke of slavery. So I think when we find freedom and you allow other people to have freedom, you can sit together in peace. And so we together help bring forth the kingdom of God. Stand as we close.